Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast here for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren of ScarletNation.com. Joining me is Joe Chetta, also of ScarletNation.com. We're bringing you another uh, Rutgers post-game uh, podcast. Today, Rutgers annihilated Indiana uh, 38-3 to on the road in Bloomington uh, in front of a sparse crowd. It was a cold day, but uh, it was real cold for Indiana. Joe, um, Rutgers... <laughs> Five and five now. They're on the brink of going to a bowl game with one more win. Uh, just destroyed uh, an Indiana team who was now two and eight. Uh, came in with high expectations, but uh, things didn't go their way. They started their third string quarterback and six turnovers later, and and um, you know they're 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 just uh, their season's over. <laughs> but oh, yeah. um, Joe, tell me what you thought of the game today. I defense, defense, defense. Takeaways. That was my biggest. Uh... Emphasis actually coming into the game, and you know what? They did it. Six takeaways, their most since that opening uh, week game last year against Michigan State when they had seven. I just thought today they were just locked in from the start. I mean, Indiana did themselves no favors by fumbling the first snap of the game, but Rutgers took it to them. They got the short field position, scored every time they got the short field position. I thought it, it was an overall great game for them. Yeah, and, you know, we can say, you know, well, Indiana's down, this and that, but it was still, a, uh, Rutgers played a very good football game all around, uh, jumped on them early, didn't take their foot off the gas. Uh, the turnovers really helped. I mean, no. and, and I think you see the importance of, of a good starting quarterback. Not saying that this freshman, Donovan McCauley, won't be good, but he's a true freshman. The plan mm-hmm. was to redshirt him this year. And, you know, you have a guy like Michael Penix Jr. for Indiana who's not playing and, you know, Rutgers caught a break there. And hey, let's be honest, they, they've had games where they didn't get their share of breaks, where they caught oh, yeah. teams at the time. You know, so it, it, it all kind of comes out in the wash. And today it, it really came out well. Uh, I guess who are some of the guys that kind of caught your eye on, on the offensive side of the football? Uh, on the offensive side today had to be uh, Ray- Raquan O'Neal, the, the left tackle. I mean, besides that awesome touchdown catch he had today, um, I just thought he was able to wash down his defender almost every time they created great lanes in the running game for uh, Pacheco Young Manunga I just thought overall Raekwon played really well today and uh, Isaiah Pacheco I mean he had a great game scoring two touchdowns really when he gets downhill he is really hard to tackle so uh, it was really nice to see the offensive line today create opening lanes for him yeah, yeah, it really was. And, you know, he's had, uh, he, he's had a time of it sometimes trying to get back to the line of scrimmage. Oh. Interesting what you said with Raekwon. I think when he came back a few games ago, uh, it was against uh, Illinois that Rutgers kind of really put it together. And I think he kind of turned a corner because he had some, some injury issues. And he really seems like a different player the last three weeks. Um, it really helps to have, you know, your left tackle playing well. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, they mixed up some guys again. You saw Gus Salinskas in there at, at center, and Nick Crimmin slid over to guard. Um, you know, and then, you know, with Troy Rainey going out and then coming back in, you, you're still seeing some experimentation. So, uh, but it, it's it's good to see some continuity building. I know you're an offensive line guy, as we, we, we mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, um, week after week. But, I mean, is, is it, you know, are, are you starting to see more confidence in this group, more development, because they have, you know, some continuity and the same guys playing together? Yeah, exactly, Bobby. I mean, with this team now, I mean, they're shortening down the rotations for the offensive linemen. So you're you're starting to see guys gel at the right time. I mean, they're five and five now. So, I mean, the Illinois game, they rushed the ball very well. Today, they didn't rush it as well, but you know what? They got the job done. Uh, I thought Indiana's uh, front seven was better than Illinois, and I thought they exploited that 
pretty well today. Just the overall cohesiveness of this offensive line group has really started to take form and take shape. And next week against Penn State, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, this offensive line could possibly do some damage again. Yeah, and, you know, before we jump ahead to Penn State and talk about, you know, the bowl eligibility thing, uh, I kind of want to stick with this game and, um, you know, continue. Uh, you know, Noah Vedro. I'm sorry, I say his name wrong every week. <laughs> I say Noah Vedro. Uh, you know, our, our Northeast accent is terrible. Uh, <laughs> so um, Noah comes out, plays tough. You see that last touchdown, he he, he, you know, throws his body in there, just tough as nails. Gavin Wimsett gets some mop-up duty, some more experience. But, you know, I thought one of the keys, you know, get, uh, um, Noah doesn't have to be a 300-yard passer for them to win. But mm-hmm. I thought 7 nothing, they're up, and he makes that 21-yard pass to Jones when he has time to throw the ball. Uh, oh, yeah. Puts it kind of on the money, um, keeps the drive alive. And I think little things like that, he just has to make a play here and there. Uh, he threw a nice pass to Aaron Young in the end zone. It looked like it was going to be a touchdown. And, you know, um, you could argue there was interference. The guy was there early. But um, whatever the case, Noah put the ball where it needed to be. And, and, and I, you know, another tough, gutsy performance by the, by the fifth-year guy. Oh, yeah. And, and and you know what? You notice, Bobby, his best balls today were when he had a clean pocket. And mm-hmm. I thought that throw to Jones, perfect pocket to throw to Young, also a great pocket. I just thought today when there was a good pocket, when there was a good U shape for him to form and to step up, he did a really good job. Yeah. And, and you know, there was some question coming in if he was going to play, if Cole Snyder was going to start. You know, after last week's game, it looked like right away that that Noah might not be able to go, but, you know, mm-hmm. just a competitor. I asked him after practice, I said, what do you attribute that to? He said, you know, toughness, it runs in his family. He said, everybody can, can get hit in the head and keep <laughs> going. He just, you know, said it lightheartedly. <laughs> but, you know, flipping sides now to the defense, Rutgers comes in. They, they don't have Olakunle Fatukasi. You have Tyreen Powell stepping in. You don't have Tyshawn Fogg. You don't have uh, Tyreek Maddock-Williams yet. They go in and just stymie them. I think it speaks to some of the the depth at linebacker there. But you also saw the defensive line playing well. Julius Turner, another great performance. Um, Keontae Hamilton just, you know. He's a dog. He's such a dog. He's really, I mean, he's the future so bright like you know we, we've mentioned before the wrestling thing is coming up but uh, i mean he's got a chance i believe to be a first day pick oh yeah easy and and you know i wouldn't i'd, I'd be spending that entire weight uh entire um off season in the weight room i mean i don't know how much you get paid to win a uh what are they doing wrestling afterwards they go to the mma or wherever there's no professional yeah, right? i know you know, a, a good defensive tackle stands to make a lot of money. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, if if I'm if I'm him, I'm going right because he's what six four two seventy five now. Imagine that kid at two ninety five next year. Oh my come, god! I, like he'll he's be unblockable. Like, you just see him next to Turner, and you're like, that's an NFL body for Hamilton. And then, I mean, Turner is gonna get looks, but like he's not as big. But you mm-hmm. can just see it in in Hamilton. It's just the the discrepancy is so far apart. Yeah, and, and Julius has made the most out of his his college oh, career. Yeah. He's great too. He he he's been great for Rutgers these past five years. If you go down the the you know the NFL defensive tackles, you're not going to find guys under 300 pounds. I think it's no. just it's not cards for Julius. But you know, having a a, a phenomenal uh, career at Rutgers, and and I mean really exceeding, I think his his potential. This was a kid who was committed to Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. but um, you know, uh, you also saw Muhammad Toure getting very active. Mike Tverdoff was in there a few times. Yeah. 
Um, you know, just just guys swarming to the ball. And, and people always ask, you know, we do these previews and I'll, I'll do some radio stuff and they'll ask about the defense. And I, I always kind of come back to the same thing. It starts up front with the defensive line. When they play well, it filters back, um, you know, because they don't have the strongest secondary this year that, you know, these guys can't cover forever. So they're going to need some pressure. They're going to need to stop the run. And uh, I think it all starts with that. But you see when Rutgers is successful, it's, it's contributions from up and down the lineup. It's not going to be a guy making three spectacular sacks or, you know, uh, you know, even though Fatukasi makes a lot mm-hmm. of tackles, it's not him controlling the game. By the way, Tyreen Powell with that interception, you see oh the my length. God. Uh, the length on him, you know, he's 6'5 and athletic and long, and, and he's another guy I believe right, will be just, playing on Sundays in the future. Oh, yeah, he just looks like an NFL body, right? I mean, like, they sorely missed those three starting linebackers, but today, I mean, Tyreen Powell really stepped up. Drew Singleton had a couple nice plays today. He stepped up. I just thought what Seattle did today, him and his staff, they, they did a great job of exploiting uh, Indiana's inexperience at quarterback. I mean, they were dialing up blitzes. They, they they were mixing up coverages for these young quarterbacks. And I just thought today was just a perfect combination um, to get Rutgers inexperienced players, just like more opportunity to thrive in like different roles. And, and I thought today that staff did such a good job with Powell and Hamilton and Drew Singleton. And even uh, Robert Longbeam had a decent game too. It was just a whole mm-hmm. bunch of inexperienced guys making plays today. Christian Izian had some had some nice tackles. Oh, yeah. Came up, really played the run well. Um, you know, it's funny you say it about um, you seeing Hamilton next to uh, uh, Julius Turner, and I thought the same thing when I saw Desmond Igbenosin next to Izian. I mean, he's just so much bigger yeah. than him. And and Desmond's time is coming, but I, I think they have someone really special there at that position next year. You're really gonna, I think, see him do some damage at safety. But I mean, we'll talk about that in the in the future. And uh, you know, we, we covered offense, covered the defense. Now, what does this game mean? This this five and five. I mean, second year in a rebuild. Five and five is not bad. I know they got it beat badly by Wisconsin and and mm-hmm. um, Ohio State. And Wisconsin, by the way, is is peaking. Like they're they're, good. they're really they're good. They're really on the rise. Yeah. Like. You know, I don't know if people realized it. You know, with the six winners of six, now seven straight, right? They won um today no, I against think they six yeah, straight they, or five straight, something like that. They're they're winning games. They're 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 just um because today they beat Northwestern, they blew them out, mm-hmm. and I think they're peaking at the right time. They had some issues in the beginning of the season, but um you know it wasn't a good matchup for Rutgers or Ohio State, the obvious talent factor. But you're in games against Michigan, and the Michigan State game. For the better part of the game, Rutgers hung around. Yeah, for sure. At the end, the final score, but they just couldn't get it done offensively. Um, but you know, this is a rebuild. It's it's you know, it's probably faster along than people believe because Shiano's not playing with superior talent. You know, he's got on the offensive line all former defensive linemen who was playing defensive line this year. You know what I mean? Yep. You got guys. Ireland Brown started this season as a defensive tackle, and now he's your starting guard. You know, Troy Rainey, same thing. He, he, uh, well, not this year. He, you know, he made the move last year, but, you know, second year guy, not highly recruited. Um, he was a defensive lineman. And you bring in Holland Pierce as a guy who had to shed 60 or 70 pounds just in order to get in playing shape. And, you know, he's still learning. And, and you got all these young guys, and you're five and five. And now we're talking about bowl eligibility. So, Penn State next week going to be a tough game playing mm-hmm. up there. A lot of fans. I know Penn State's year didn't go as planned. They're six and four, but I mean, Joe, they got a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, Penn State is loaded with talent. I mean, you got James Franklin there. He's a heck of a recruiter, but he's not that great of an in-game coach. And I think 
what you saw Illinois do to Penn State a couple weeks back, I think you can sort of see Shiano and his staff kind of emulating not exactly how Illinois did it, but just a ground and pound game, like like a 12 personnel, two tight ends on each side, and then just pounding that rock. I mean, Penn State's offensive talent isn't quite where it should be, but um, the uh, but Penn State's defensive side, the ball's crazy good. But I could see uh, Rutgers doing some trickery and just, just just getting physical with them, and then hopefully they come away with the W there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Penn State definitely has a lot more talent, but why not Rutgers, right? Well, I mean, you know, last year you watched the Penn State Rutgers game, and and trust me, I'm not picking Penn State. I never pick Penn State. I don't care what it is. I'm not, I'll pick Rutgers this week. I'll tell you right now. Um, but um, last year we watched the game, and and they just rolled over them in the trenches, and and yeah. it's so hard to compensate for that. I mean, I don't care how much you scheme or do. It's sheer physics. Their big guys are pushing your big guys, and you know the running backs got room to run. So um, it's going to be a tough game for Rutgers, but it is. you know. You go up, you, hopefully you're competitive. I mean, maybe you have a chance. But Penn State, you know, they're 6-4. and four. They're not playing to, to go to the Big Ten title game. Um, so who knows what can happen. But I think the game that, that, that really, you know, could come down to bowl eligibility is Merlin. And, you know, they're all playing right now against your alma mater. Um, yeah. Michigan State's starting to take it to them. Uh, I, you know, like I said, we're doing this as it's going on. So um, if you're listening to it later, you know, <laughs> you know what happened. But um, the way that it sets up Michigan State, then Michigan for Maryland, you know, Maryland could be five and six coming into that final game. And, and the Maryland Rutgers game could be the right to go to a bowl game, maybe the pinstripe bowl. You know, it's almost like yeah. a play for the pinstripe bowl, uh, you know, assuming that's that's the one that, that, that the winner will go to, you know, with the regional um, appeal, you, you would think you know, both schools would, would, you know, be a preference of, of the pinstripe because of the fans they can bring from a local proximity. But, mm-hmm. you know, looking ahead to Maryland, I mean, they beat them last year. Can they beat them again? Yeah, I think they can. Um, I just think they have to contain uh, their quarterback uh, to his brother, Tagalovia. Um, I think he's kind of a stud this year. He's been throwing the ball at a crazy clip right now. And uh, he actually, uh, I think he ran in for a touchdown today against Michigan State it was like a 40-yard touchdown run so containing him is going to be the big area that they have to do uh in order to win that game but it's definitely doable I mean there there's a lot of injured guys for Maryland and I think their defense isn't that great and their secondary is kind of weak and maybe Bo Mellon can exploit that a couple double moves a, a couple pick plays for him could really get that game going and really help Rutgers out there and, you know, no matter what happens next week against Penn State, we, we can talk about this bowl eligibility for, uh, you know, the ensuing weeks. I mean, they mm-hmm. could be, uh, they, you know, they they could be bowling. I mean, you know, it could be somewhere. Uh, well, I mean, if the pinstripe bowl, it's just a quick up the, you know, quick trip in the car. But, you know, there's a chance that, that Rutgers could be in the postseason in the second year of the Shiano rebuild. I don't know if a lot of people anticipated that, but uh, you have to like the progress. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the progress, Bobby. I mean, when uh, when Shiano got hired back in late 2019, I mean, I was hopeful, obviously, but I knew there had to be a lot of work done. But last year in the COVID year, they went three and six. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And they had a couple nice wins. And then this year, five and five, Bobby, I mean, 500 in mid-November is honestly an incredible feat for this team. I mean, even after getting blown out by Wisconsin and Ohio State, which Obviously, you know, things like that are going to happen in a rebuild like this. But mm-hmm. Coach Ciano has done such a good job of keeping these guys focused and, and such a good job of staying at the task at hand. And I, and I think that's really helped them out 
over mm-hmm. the course of this season during the four game losing streak and all things considered with the injuries and the suspensions five and five is an incredible feat. There's no way to cut around that. Yeah. Good point, Joe. And, um, you know, it's it's like I say, you're number two. He's playing with a lot of guys that he didn't recruit, have some good guys coming in, and, and you can start to see that young talent. Like we mentioned, Igbenosin, we mentioned um, Keontae Hamilton, you know, some of the young linemen. Uh, Gavin Wimsett was in there for a bit today. So uh, it's it's starting to, you know, to, you see this ship starting to turn around, and, and, you know, it's good that they got Indiana at the time they did, and um. You know, it's it's on the Penn State. So uh, any closing thoughts on, on this week's action or, or, or the game? I just thought today, I mean, I saw a tweet today that said that uh, this was the largest uh, road victory margin for a Big Ten East or West team this whole entire season of 35 points. So that's pretty remarkable for Rutgers considering how poorly they played on offense during their Big Ten stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought today was just, uh, definitely such a superb outing for them and such a confidence booster for them going into Penn State. Today, just they just mopped the floor with Indiana. I know Indiana is not that great right now and that they're not playing for anything, but today was a, a real good butt kicking for them. And uh, I just thought they're they're going to really ascend in these next couple of weeks here. And you know, not to be, it shouldn't be uh, lost on the the fact shouldn't be lost that you know, given them that that beat down, the butt kicking as you called it, um, it, it does a lot for the confidence and momentum. So they're gonna they're gonna get you know pretty amped up going to this Penn State game. Penn State might not be as as charged up. Who knows? But um, I'm picking Rutgers. Oh yeah, for sure, always Rutgers. <laughs> Even when they're bad, I say yeah, I'm picking Rutgers again. But they can't. I can't pick Penn State. I'm sorry, I just can't. So there you have it, Joe. Thanks for joining me as always, and uh, thank you for listening. You can interact with Joe or myself on the Roundtable Message Board on ScarletNation.com, the 24/7 Sports Network. We'll have stuff coming for you every single day throughout the week. Rutgers football, Rutgers basketball, Rutgers recruiting, Rutgers everything. For Joe Chetta and Bobby Darren, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 